Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, you are not the worst parent. We talk to writer-comedian Glenn Boozen about how to prove it. Plus, the gang's all here for biz. Woo! Woo! This morning, my daughter asked if she could get in the shower with me, and I said, sure. And then she said, Mommy, why does your belly button look like that? And I said, well, because I had two babies. And she said, Mommy, your belly button looks sad. It looks like a frowny face. And I said, well, you know how when you blow up a balloon and it never quite goes back to the way it was? That's kind of what happens when you have babies, but you're worth it. So, you know, she's doing a great job. I'm doing a great job. We're all doing fine here. But I just had to call someone and tell them exactly how honest kids can be. All right. Have a great day. Bye. First of all, you're doing a wonderful job. This is such a great example of (laughs) the pebbles that are slowly stacked on parents. Like, obviously, our body changes in many ways if a child comes from your body. And to be honest, when a child is in your house, however they got there, it can also have a deep effect on your body, the color of your hair, (laughs) the quality of your skincare, many, many things. And... We all accept it. We all know it. We're all working for body positivity. But man, I am tired of honest children sometimes. I get comments on hair, skin, hand skin. Like, why Why does your hand look so old? Because I am. Move along. You know, when they see your naked body, this is a deeply personal moment. And so I, I personally never let my children see my naked, <laughs> my naked body. I remember I was probably maybe a tween, maybe a, maybe Rayton's age tween. And I saw my mother's bare behind. And I was horrified. And, and, and years later, I caught a reflection of my own behind. And I said, what is my mother's behind doing here? (laughs) I just, I don't wish this for my children. Anywho, I think you're doing an amazing job. I think you have a beautiful belly button. And yeah, maybe your belly button isn't very happy right now. You can't even have a private shower with your belly button. You're doing a great job. Speaking of great jobs, it's time for thank yous. Well, the thank you journey has been long and has no real reason to come to an end because the pandemic is not over. Illness is still lurking about all the corners, despite how much we try to make it feel as normal as possible. 
So today, I'm just going to keep it, again, sort of simple. And today, I want to say thank you to all of the people who, especially at the beginning of the pandemic and have continued through the pandemic, to be shoppers, right? Like when we're like, I need a coffee. Somebody bring it to me. <laughs> I, need, I need two cans of canned tomatoes, some baby formula, and a bottle of red wine. Somebody bring it to me. Somebody is bringing it to us. And they are in the stores dealing with our very specific lists. They are having to deal with the decision makings when something's not there, with unhappy us's, all sorts of things. And I just want to say, I see you and I appreciate that you are doing that job. It is a hard job and I see you. So thank you. You know what else is happening, everybody? My sister is in town. That's right. Helen Michelle is here. Not here in the studio. And by studio, I mean my bedroom. <laughs> She's not here in my bedroom. But she and my brother-in-law, Lex, have come out to California. They're going to be here for two weeks, not with us for two weeks. They're with us for a few days in Pasadena. And by with us, I mean in a hotel room down the road. And then they're going to do some adventuring, and then they're going to come back for Easter. But right now, my house is filled with the smell of pot roast. Helen Michelle has been asked by my father to make my mother's pot roast, and I had to witness how this pot roast was made this morning, and it is very old-school Southern cookbook-style like, Stefan apparently was at the store with her, and he was like, do you need carrots? She said, no. Do you need <laughs> celery? No. Do you need stuff for stock? Nope. I need two cans of cream of mushroom soup and a two-pack of onion dip. Dry. So I took a little video of my sister preparing <laughs> the pot roast. So look forward to that on the internet. It may even come out before this episode airs. Surprise. But my house is filled with the smell of delicious pot roast. So that is wonderful. It is wonderful that my sister is willing to make that. It is wonderful that my mother shared her very secret recipe with her. They are both doing a great job, which is not how we always feel about ourselves as parents. And that is why we are going to have a delightful conversation with Glenn Boozen with her new book, There Are Moms Way Worse Than You, Irrefutable Proof That You Are Indeed a Fantastic Parent. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am so excited to be talking to Glenn Boozen, who is an author and recent WGA award-winning TV comedy writer, Kaboom! 
having worked on shows such as I Love You, America with Sarah Silverman and Conan with Conan O'Brien. Welcome, Glenn. And you know, wait, before actually I finish my Welcome, Glenn song and dance, you're missing something from your bio, and that is information about your new book that looks like a children's book, but it's for adults <laughs> called There Are Moms Way Worse Than You. So we got to tag that in when you're doing the parenting circuit. <laughs> yes. You should do that. So with that said, welcome, Glenn. Thanks, Bez. This is real. It's great to be here. <laughs> Everybody's like, it's great. And then I just <laughs> giggle and fall out of my chair. Before we get in to the book, who lives in your house? <laughs> So I live in my house, just me. You lucky person! <laughs> I know I don't want to start off with a brag, but no, it's, it's just a good brag. Enough. You should. It's like everybody gets to brag. So thank you. I will say rotating cast of animal characters okay. because I love a good dog sitting moment. So oh. I dog sit quite a bit for my family and friends because it's very fun. Yes. But other than that, yeah, just me. Okay, among your family and friends' dogs, who's your favorite? This is a rude question, you're, and you're rude you're for welcome. asking it. You're welcome. I know. No. I'm here to cause trouble. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but also I think everyone knows it's my brother and sister-in-law's dog, Charlie. Say, I know Charlie is a better dog. And the name immediately yeah. popped into my head. I can't lie. Yeah, no. You, you're, it's fair. Everybody kind of knows Charlie's the best. So yeah. I mean, just yeah. might as well say it. Yeah, you know, Christmas will be weird or Hanukkah, <laughs> whatever we're celebrating, whatever holiday we're doing with the dogs. Right, it's really about what they like. Yeah. We'll all know, and it'll yeah. be awkward. <laughs> but it's okay. Charlie gets uh, an extra treat. Yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, he does because he's the best. I gotta tell everybody, Glenn. In this house of isolation <laughs> that Glenn lives in, there is this swan wallpaper <laughs> behind them that is so magnificent, and I it makes me want to fly. A, it makes me clearly want to move my hands as if I am a swan. Uh, but it is magnificent. And Gabe, can we take a picture of the wallpaper? Do you, do you, cause I don't know where my phone is. Hold on. No, you get to be in it. You get they're just like that. Perfect. Just half your face. Just, <laughs> just, ooh. all right. We've now talked about all the really important things. Mm -hmm. And I think I've allowed you to say two words. So let's move <laughs> no, on. This is great. To there, to your book. There are moms way worse than you. Irrefutable mm -hmm. proof that you are indeed a fantastic parent. We got to start with the really boring, obvious, basic first question. <laughs> Why did you write this book? Why <laughs> did you think, like, how did you, because you, you start by mm -hmm. saying that this is for the mothers in your life, mm -hmm. especially your sisters, Alex and Amber. So talk to me about the book and Alex and Amber and, and whatever else. Yes. So those are the women in my life who are my mothers. And I asked if my mom wanted to be in the dedication and she said, yeah. no, 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 don't put me in there. And so I put her in the author bio instead yeah, <laughs> as a little sneaky, as a little <laughs> dig. And she thought that was funny. So that was fun. 
But yeah, so the book came about, actually, this was like a, a year or two ago. And it was like mid-pandemic. And I was hanging out with my sister, Alex. And she was taking care of a toddler, pregnant with her second, freaking out yeah. about, you know, the pandemic parenting issue. And she was worried about, you know, if she was socializing her kid enough, if her kid was eating the right things, like just all the sort of mom yeah. spiraling, you know, obviously. And I was stunned that she was worried about feeling like a bad parent because, and I've said this before, but my niece's favorite food is radishes and her favorite hobby is reading. So uh, my your sister, sister might be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like born to be a mom. She's yeah. incredible at it. She's, you know, so I was sitting there like, why are you from anyone else's just objective standpoint? You're an incredible mom. Yeah. And so again, what I wanted to say to her in the moment, I wish I had some sort of beautiful, timeless quote about motherhood and generational love and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But, but I'm a dumbass. And so instead, <laughs> I just sort of said, well, I don't know, you know, hamster moms eat their babies. So <laughs> at least you're not that. Yeah. At least you're not eating them. Right. Yet. So I said that. And she laughed and she sort of, it made her feel better. And she sort yeah. of was able to start calming down, you know, her, her panic. And I was like, oh man, that's nice. It's, it's, you know, as a, having a new mom in your life, you know, there's only so much you can do to ease yeah. their worry and anxiety and whatever. And I was like, oh, if I could even do that a little bit, fantastic. So I actually, this book was a Mother's Day poem for her. So I start, took that idea and I ran with it and I wrote it for her as a Mother's Day poem. And then I asked my manager, I was like, oh, I'd love to like get illustrations for this. Do you know somebody who illustrates? And he was like, wait, what did you write? What is this? And then yeah. him and his wife, <laughs> you know, him and his wife read it. And they were like, wait a minute, this could be a book. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so it's funny. I wrote it for my sister. Yeah. And then because of how long it takes a book to get made, I yeah. didn't show her until like two years later. <laughs> Her kids are in college. She, she She's forgot, over it. She forgot she was ever worrying about anything. So I got to tell you, I, two things jump out as, in the story. One, we could talk for hours about the need for us as a society mm -hmm. to remember. I mean, your book is sort of these extremes of these things that animals do. But like, I drop the kids' food and stick it back on the plate. All I'm all right. Yep. Everybody's all right. You know, your kid shits hey, in the tub. They're getting fed. You, yeah, you clean it up and then you get in the bath. In the like tub. it's all like ugh, the pressure, like that anxiety comes from somewhere. Oh, by the way, oh a no parenting book besides ours is going to tell you about the shitting in the tub. Anyway. That really gets me. Yeah, it's true though. You will feed a baby while you're sitting on the toilet at some point in time in your life. This is just a thing that's going to happen. So, so like in the middle of all that, to sit there and think, I'm ruining everything. Yeah. It's like, it's so unfair. Yeah. I'm so over people having to feel like shit for being a yeah. parent. And, and yeah. I, I have to say, you do a remarkable job communicating that in the book. And I... We, every once in a while, we'll have people on the show who, you know, don't have kids and we'll have all these like kind of games of like, what do you wish your friends knew who had kids or what's really helpful? Like, uh, let's talk about those kind of communication issues. And I got to say, I know that there are stereotypes about 
or preconceptions, not stereotypes, preconceptions about people without kids, none mm-hmm. of which are anybody's fucking business. <laughs> but how are you so empathetic? Is it just, <laughs> what is it? What happened? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> or do you just have eyes. Are you just a person yeah. in the world? <laughs> so the, the metaphor that I use yeah. all the time is that I feel like as someone without parents, I feel like people with or so no, I have parents. What am I starting? Sorry. I <clears throat> Let me start. Dear over. mom, I am so sorry. <laughs> dear mom and dad. Yeah. Like I have a lot of parents. <laughs> I have no, 232 <laughs> parents, guys. I, I have, have honestly, I have a stepdad and my yeah. dad's girlfriend he's been with for like 20 years. I have too many parents. You are overparented at this point I in time. I too <laughs> many. Uh So the metaphor I use as someone without children, Mm -hmm. I watch people who have children (laughs) like somebody at home on their couch watching ice skating at the Olympics. Oh, that's a good one. And so the judges at the Olympics are the other parents who are like former ice skaters or they know the niche and they know like, oh, that wasn't a triple axle. That was a two and a half axle or whatever. (laughs) And I'm sitting there at home going like, Oh my God, can we just give everyone a gold medal? This is incredible. (laughs) Because I don't, it all just seems hard and impossible. And so. It is. Yes. (laughs) Right. Very difficult. Yes. So that's how I view it. I actually, I love that comparison because it's very similar to the idea of like whenever I'm in the car and I see a person with a child really of any age, and groceries. Oh. I think, God, you deserve, like, everybody should get out of their car and applaud this person because they went to a store they deserve with a, purple a kid. Heart. Yeah. That's... And they came home with groceries. Oh, my gosh. Like, that, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think, what I, I, <laughs> I, what the book does is it allows people who are looking for ways to be supportive of their friends and family with kids to do it in a fun way and to be reminded that maybe we don't have to take everything so seriously and so hard. And it rhymes, which is nice. That's like a a requirement. But animals really do do horrible things as parents. Is there... I mean, are you just an animal nerd? Did you have to do a little research? Some of these animals I've never even heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I had to become, and the science community is going to kick my ass for saying this, but I had to sort of become a little armchair zoologist for a minute because I needed to find, I was like, oh, I want more, more examples than just a hamster. Yeah. And then my editor found some really good animals too. And then after I wrote the poem part of the book or like the rhyming section, the like the juice, yeah, everyone was like, well, we want to know more about these facts because it's crazy. So yeah. that's why the appendix is in there. Yeah. The appendix is so good. I <laughs> That was harder to write than the book. <laughs> I did. They're so good supporting the fact that these animals are really awful. Like, yeah, these like we're not trying to make you feel better necessarily by making it up. We're making you feel better by facts. Yeah. Like. Exactly. It's just the truth. <laughs> so many. There's some fantasy moments. I'm like, I want yeah. to be a rabbit and leave my children. <laughs> I, I want to hide my children in somebody else's house. Yeah. They were yours. 
<laughs> I love the illustration that Priscilla, she's the illustrator, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, she's also she's so, so funny. Good. She came up with a lot of the ideas for the illustrations too. Like the the eagle one where she has like the money in her hands watching her kids fight. Like that was her idea. So she's very well, funny. Did, does she have kids? She has a new baby, like a year oh, old. Oh, a new baby. I was wondering because uh-huh. the book, this is why I'm asking, mm-hmm. the book. The yeah. outside, yeah. it is very reminiscent of mm-hmm. a series of books that we oh. adore by an author named Mo Willems. And he does mm. these piggy and elephant. I mean, the illustrations don't look like it, but every cover has piggy and elephant in this sort. Of, and then on the back, it looks like this. And I thought that was such a nice nod oh, great. because we have 8 million of them and <laughs> they're wonderful. And he saved everybody's life in the pandemic. Oh, by doing good. a little drawing with Mo Willems thing throughout oh, the pandemic. So, nice. so it made me go like, does the illustrator? But if they got a baby, they don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they're just like a baby. I'll ask her. Yeah. Now, everybody stop. <laughs> Get the call. Call her up. Call call her up. <laughs> Get Priscilla on the line. Is there anything like after writing all this that like made you feel one way or another about parenting? The thing that this made me realize about parenting was that, and this was after it had been released. Yeah. After it released, I realized how many parents are so hard on themselves. I thought, I, I, I expected it was a lot, but yeah. so many moms are, and dads who, and there's a part about dads yeah, in the book as well. Yeah, I thought that you do have horrible moms dads the, as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. There were some that were just so good I couldn't resist. Yeah. Um, but- that so many people who are trying their best, who are just, who are doing a great job, are so hard on themselves. Oh, my God. All Ugh. I can imagine right now is like an animated TV show with like a human parent. And you're probably already working on this. And all the animal <laughs> parents. So like the mom's like, he won't, he won't eat his cracker. And then the giraffe mom's like, I know, doesn't it suck? And then just kicks the child. Across the room, right? And you're like, oh, I don't think it would last long. Might be a one-timer. <laughs> yeah. One episode and one then episode. all the animals yeah. kill their children. Kill and then the human's like, I'm going to move away from this town <laughs> where animals Why am also I living live. with all these animals? <laughs> yeah. This is a really weird place for me to be. This school district is bad. <laughs> I think so. I think this is a weird charter school, guys. Like I, <laughs> I knew charter schools were fishy, but this is yeah, crazy. <laughs> I love it. I want to wrap up on, like you were saying, oh, my God, people feel like shit all the time. Have people reached out and responded to you regarding the book? Yeah, I've had a few people say, you know, thank you or, or whatnot, which has been just, I mean, if I sold one yeah. copy, that would be worth it. Like... It's so nice. Also, somebody going out of their way to say something nice to you is really still kind of blows my mind because I grew up before the internet. Like, yeah. the, the, or I mean, I was around for like computers and, but like Facebook came out when I was, I think in college or high school or something yeah. like that. So I was around pre-internet where it's like, it's still crazy to me that people can just sort of in a moment, like reach out to you and say something. <laughs> And I'm like, man, it's so nice that that is a thing that you can do and that people do that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm very grateful for people's reactions so far. I am very grateful for you pointing out that the internet can be used for nice things. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
seriously, and to be honest, a couple, like I've seen a few critiques of the book that are saying like, I'm really worried that toxic parents like my mom, who was abusive to me, are going to use this as, uh, see, I'm not a giraffe mom, blah, blah, blah. And I hope that isn't how people use it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if you want to put this part in the podcast. But I, but, no, but I hope so, too. I think, I think if one were to have a person in their life. Yeah who would try to use the book that is that is obviously a fun time just trying to put a different lens on it. Yeah. People can turn flowers into garbage. So I, I just think yeah. that's out of your control. And so I welcome. It's been five days since I last confessed. <laughs> I'm absolving you. Thank you. Of your <laughs> concerns and fears. And I want to say thank you because it is ridiculously unfair, the pressure that people put on themselves, mm -hmm. especially when kids get into their house and you all know what's coming. I think women <laughs> live in a world in which where it is just like piled on them since the beginning. So then when they have a kid, here come all these expectations of how you're supposed to fucking love it and like mm -hmm. be great at it. And everything you do or see is like a symbol of how, what kind of job you're doing. Yeah. So I really am happy this book is out in the world. Thanks for putting it out there. That is so meaningful. Thank you. No, it's great. So everybody, we all know Mother's Day is coming. And we all know <laughs> that we have a mixed bag of feelings about what that fucking means. <laughs> but if you would like to get a book that is just a good, fun time and supportive of new parents in your life or old parents in your life. Not that any of us want to be called old parents. <laughs> Please go look for, you guys all know where to buy books. <laughs> there are moms way worse than you. Irrefutable proof that you are indeed a fantastic parent by Glenn Boozen. We're going to link everybody up to where we can find it. And we probably should just have you back to, you know, talk about the TV and fun stuff like that, too. And what you're working on next. Would love. Sure. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Biz. This was so, so fun. Oh, thank you. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. I could be a walking billboard for Bombas socks. They are the socks that I wear every day. They last forever. They are comfortable. And what's nice, when you've got little kids or older adults living in your house, they also have lots of socks that have the little grippy stickies on the bottom so you don't go sliding down the stairs. Not only do I love the products that Bombas makes, I also love that they donate one of every item that you buy to someone in need. Go to bombas.com slash badmother and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S 
bombas.com slash badmother for 20% off. bombas.com slash badmother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. Why do flowers bloom? How do caterpillars turn into butterflies? Spring brings along new curiosities and a chance for kids to connect with the world around them. KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate a child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. My children and I have done a ridiculous number of KiwiCo crates. All of the projects that they send out are age appropriate, they are fun. Many of them your kids can do on their own and many are things you can do with your kids. They even have kits that maybe an adult might like to do. <laughs> so step into spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at kiwico.com, promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius, fail time. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Okay, so Ellis has gone to sleep for uh, maybe his entire life listening to the stories of Francis. Francis the Badger. Bedtime for Francis. Bread and jam for Francis. That's what what the woman sounds like. A baby sister for Francis. A birthday for Francis. We can all quote the entire four-story collection. I will say over the last year, sometimes it takes Ellis longer to get to sleep And we'll go through restarting the stories at least three times. Now, the benefit of the stories is that they covered a lot of other noise happening in the house. And it was something that helped get them to go to sleep. Recently, we asked Ellis, maybe we shouldn't do that. We didn't do the stories on vacation. So we were like, maybe when we get back, we also don't do the stories. And Ellis was like, yeah, maybe they keep me up. And I'm like, yeah, the stress of knowing you have to restart the stories and you're not asleep yet causes then more stress. And since then, we have been stopping the stories. We read our books. Ellis reads to me. We then are at a place now where we're like, you can read for a little while longer and then we'll say goodnight. And he's not dropping off like, you know, He's been awake for four days, but he is having a less anxious go down, which is really good. And I feel like a genius for stopping the stories. Hi, One Bad Mother. I have a genius to share. My 21-month-old has gotten really into sidewalk chalk, but 
it's springtime in New England, so we've had some pretty yucky days and haven't been able to go outside and use it. But because there's a pandemic, we have a ton of paper bags from home grocery <laughs> delivery. So I took some of the paper bags and opened them up and put them on the floor. And now we have a ready-made driveway indoors for chalking anytime we want. Thanks, and you're all doing a great job. This is genius. This, my friend, is so smart. I never, I have, we've never had this suggested. And taping down the grocery bags for, it, it's so good. It's so good. You are doing such a good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Oh, Okay, I will. I just wanted to give you guys an update. We continue to not be able to see Ellis's feet. Ellis will still not show us whatever is happening under his socks. And this came out in front of my sister and Uncle Lex. And they both were like, what do you mean you can't see his feet? We were like, I don't know. He really doesn't want to show it to us. Well, what is it? Well, I don't know. I don't think it's anything horrible because the socks still fit. His feet aren't misshapen and it doesn't hurt when he walks and runs. So, you know, as far as I know, I think it's okay. And <laughs> Lex was like, you know, you could just see him if you really wanted to. And I was like, I know I could hold the child down to take the socks off, but we are not to that level of concern. Well, when was the last time you saw his feet? It possibly could be three years ago. I don't know. Time means nothing when the pandemic hit. Well, could you could you take his socks off when he sleeps? We could. <laughs> but like many things, Ellis's toes are out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> What's wrong with that kid's feet? What is he hiding in there? Hi, Biz and Teresa. Right now, I'm calling in with a fail because I'm not doing a good job. Um, <laughs> it's one of those fails that you just, if you don't cry, you have to laugh at how ridiculous it was. Saturday, this is Tuesday. Saturday, my six-year-old got a stomach bug, threw up in the car on the way to my work, and we barely had enough time to get him cleaned up and throw a towel over it and be done. So there was obviously stuff in the car. And Tuesday, here we are. I finally put him back in the car because he's been homesick since then. And I realized, oops, I didn't clean any of the vomit oh. off the seat. Oh, uh, yeah. And I thought, okay, we can deal with this. It's only a minute to home. Then I get home, start pulling things apart, and realize it has gone through every uh. crevice of the car uh. seat, under every piece of upholstery and down into the upholstery of my car <gasps> not only have i been driving like driving around for two days to go to work with vomit everywhere in my car <laughs> unrealizing because i didn't pay attention but it has gotten crusty it has gotten uh. gross sorry for the <laughs> images but i was like this is the biggest mom fail mm. in the history of mom fails for me at least right now mm. <laughs> So I'm failing. Everything is in the wash and cleaning, but oh my gosh. Just call me the vomit mom. 
Thanks. Y'all are doing a fabulous job, and I am not. Thanks. Bye. Now, there is a new t-shirt. Vomit Mom. Right there. That is great. You are. As soon as you said, I put a towel on it, I thought, that's never going to be moved again. Like, that that towel's going to stay there, out of sight, out of mind. What I Like, this is... This is really... A next level, brilliant. I like the idea of it being like the greatest fail. Like maybe we should have like a mountain chart, like a like some sort of like little Swiss Alps, right? And there's like a little mom in like, I don't know, later hosen. Is that a thing? Anyway, going up the fails and sliding down the fail. Like we're, oh, oh, we're at the vomit was in my car for several days, fail level. And then we can see, is it really the top? I don't know. Is it? Is it the worst thing that has ever been done? I don't think so. Also, here's just a more of a science-based question. When vomit dries, like, is it like cat puke? Because, like, when the cat pukes, I've discovered just leaving it and letting it dry is much easier to clean up than when it is wet. I will leave that for all of us to consider. You are doing a horrible job. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a Max Fun member or upgrading your membership. In just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? And why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Okay, everybody. It is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown, and those don't always have to be sad. Hello, this is a happy rant. Um, <laughs> I it has nothing to do with parenting whatsoever. I'm a nanny. I, I, I'm non-binary, and I came out to my dad and my sister today. 
and everybody took it well, and everybody was supportive. And my dad doesn't get it, he's old, but he wants to read more about it. And he's like, yeah, you've got to be you. And my sister was amazing and so wonderful and just was like, I'm so excited. Thank you for telling me. And everybody was great. And it's a really, really, really good to, I don't, it hasn't fully hit me. I'm be real with you. It hasn't fully hit me. <laughs> But um, maybe it will in therapy this week. I don't know. We'll find out. I'm going to cry at some point. We'll find out. <laughs> um, but it's a good day. So that's my happy rant. Thank you. I hope you guys are all doing great. Love you. Bye. You are amazing. You're doing a wonderful job. My first reaction is if you cry and you're non-binary, do people say, you cry like a little person? Is that? <laughs> this has everything to do with parenting, my friend. First of all, thank you for being a nanny. That is very hard work. So I see you. Second, the parenting part comes in with the fact that your dad did such a good job, like being your dad, being your parent, loving you, supporting you, being honest that they don't know necessarily what you're talking about, but that they love you. That is some grade A great parenting. And there's some secret subtle great parenting going on that you, even, even though it may have been hard and even though it wasn't something that probably just bubbled out like, I also like, you know, Cheerios. Somewhere, your dad has planted some sort of seed that it will always be safe to tell them anything. Doesn't mean that what you're telling them is easy, and that doesn't dismiss the anxiety or anticipation or your feeling experience leading up to it. I'm just saying it does have to do with parenting. That It just shows you the impact that we all have the potential to have on our kids by emphasizing that there's nothing they can do that will make us stop loving them, right? And your sister, what a great job. Again, these are all signs that you come from a family of love. And I just think it's so great. And what a great job on your own journey coming to this place where you have found language that feels good and feels right for you and how you walk through the world. And I, I just think it's great. I just think you're freaking amazing. And I am so glad that you called with this happy rant. And I think just in sharing your experience and emulating your family's reaction as you go through life, it's going to have a really huge impact on many, many, many other people. You are doing a remarkable job. Guys, here's our big takeaway. Everybody's doing a great job. No, we are not a giraffe who kicks our children the moment they drop from our womb. But we are not failing. <laughs> My favorite line in the book, I'll say it again. As long as you don't eat your baby, yeah, you are doing a great job. These are the bars we need to be setting for ourselves. This is what it's all about. I am so appreciative of Glenn putting this out there in the world, and I'm so appreciative of you guys, your support and listening to the show and being part of this community 
It means so much. We all need to be reminded that we are not alone, including me. And I appreciate knowing you guys are out there. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.